Welcome to Inside My Canoe Head, a podcast about the art of living an awesome life. We talk about preparedness, self-reliance, and learning to be unapologetically you in this chaotic and incredible world we live in today. My name is Jeff, your host. I am a veteran, an academic, an emergency preparedness guru, and we issue weekly episodes, usually on Mondays, about a various different topics. Join us, hang out with us. It's a lot of fun. Come visit us on the web at www.preparednesslabs.ca, and let's get to it. All right, welcome to episode 24 of Inside My Canoe. Had a couple of days late, we apologize for that, but heck, you know what? The world is on fire. Today's episode, we are going to talk about watching it burn. There's a lot of things going on in the news today, and you don't need me to remind you what all the headlines say, and it seems like the world is on fire around you, and in some places it quite literally is, and in some places it figuratively is on fire. So today we're all worried about you. How do you sit back? How do you manage it as the world burns? Well, the first thing that we learn from Stoic philosophy is control and manage what is in your control to manage. And it's an old uh, Stoic saying, Latin, that says amor fati, and it means you just love fate. It means you accept those things that are outside of your control. They are what they are. There's nothing you can do about them, and you simply accept them. You don't allow them to emotionally imbalance you, and you remain in control. And that's the whole point of this podcast today. You're going to watch it burn. You're going to sit back, get out the lawn chair, crack a cold one, put your feet up, light up whatever it is you like to smoke. And if you don't smoke, to sit next to somebody who's smoking a nice pipe and sit there and you're going to watch the world burn. What is within your control? What do you have the ability to manage? What decisions can you make to affect your life? And then what can't you control? And you've got to remember, the number one part in this whole thing is for you to manage your emotional control. It is up to you to react to things. As the famous Stoic Marcus Aurelius and Seneca have said, everything out there is what it is. There's no such thing as a bad event. There's no such thing as a good event. There's only things that are events. It is you who assign good or bad to things that happen. And then it is you who decide what your emotional response is going to be to that. So as long as you are in control and remain management of your emotions, then it should be nothing more than a heck of a fireworks show to watch the world burn. And then, like I said, you got to just accept what's outside of your control. And if we sit down and we start talking about what's going on, let's have a look at those U.S. election results. And I'm a Canadian, proud, north, strong, and free. Uh, I'm not an American, like I said, but uh, it's pretty unfortunate to watch what's going on to my American friends. I have fought alongside of a lot of wonderful American soldiers and Marines, and my butt has been saved by more than one American Air Force pilot. So let's just put it this way. Uh, It's very unfortunate to watch what's going on. Um, The results are coming in. The results are not coming in. The results are being changed. There's all kinds of staging. And then we are left with some of the recent things that we see on TV, the U.S. Senate inquiry into the big media icons and titans and how they manage what you see. And, you know, if you watch some of those, that social networking... um, 
thing that's on Netflix. And then you watch some of the hearings and, and not just the Democrat, but the Republicans as well, who are looking into the level of control and the level of information management that is available to these large companies and the fact that they actually do collude and work together in the type of censorship that they do. Um, you have to start to worry about what the world sees. And then you start to worry about whether you're actually seeing the truth. Are you seeing 100% of the information? Now, I'm, I'm a firm believer that all of us uh, are incredibly intelligent people and that if we're provided all of the information, all of the factual information, none of the gobbledygook that you hear from reporters and newscasters, but the actual facts as they are on the ground, and then let us all decide for ourselves what the potential logical outcome or what the influence of that information may be on the world around us, we'd be far better off. But what we're hit with is... Uh, media bias, and, and and it doesn't matter what side of the fence you're on, left, right, center, authoritarian, libertarian, it doesn't matter. Each and every one of the news broadcasters out there are giving you their spin and their viewpoint on it. And a lot of it has to do with the corporate masteries that manage. I mean, I did a blog post on um, LinkedIn that talks about the fact that the U.S. media conglomerates are owned by five companies, and that's it. That's who owns the U.S. media. And it is the corporate masters, not the reporters who determine what goes on air and what does not go on air and what the editorial viewpoints will be. So are you getting facts? Sure you are. Are you getting every fact? Absolutely not. Do I have knowledge of this? Sure I do, because I read everything that is out there. And one side that believes the current U.S. president is the great Satan gives all kinds of information and background. The the other people who believe that the current U.S. president is the great savior give a different set of backgrounds. So somewhere in there, there's a set of facts that not everybody is getting because somebody deems it unnecessary. Or when you see in Twitter and other censorship going on, when they don't block the current U.S. presidents, but they put a lot of things that... you know, categories, qualifiers, call them whatever you will on his tweets. And fair enough. I have no issue with them doing that. The issue that I have is the fact that the other side, the the Bernie Sanders, the AOCs, and those type of people who say incredibly outrageous things just as well as Donald Trump does, uh, their tweets are not censored. Or when there is information coming out leading up to the election that may bring the credibility into question, of a major U.S. Democrat politician, that information is not allowed to be put out. But if the same credibility attacking stuff comes up on a Republican, you see that lauded and sent across the airwaves by the social media. So all I'm saying is, is we're watching it burn in both a figurative and literal sense. You are seeing your access to free and fair information disappear before your eyes. And it's a great quote that I remember from the Star Wars when Padme was sitting there next to Palpatine. uh, And she basically said, and this is how democracy dies, to the sound of thunderous applause. And this is, I'm not trying to say that we have an issue of losing the democracy. What I'm saying is we have an issue of free and fair information. 
and allowing and trusting individuals to make an informed choice based upon that information that is available to them. I think you're smart enough. Maybe you don't. Uh, maybe you think your neighbor is dumb enough and that you simply have to tell them the way the world is. That's probably not a good idea either because your opinion is just that. It is your opinion. And if you think you're right and you think you know the answer to everything and you attempt to influence it, you're breaking some of the basic rules of Stoic philosophy and that we don't judge other people and what they do and how they do it. Uh, we judge people by what they say. We judge people by what they do. But we don't sit there and try to give somebody or our neighbor or our friends uh, a lecture on what is the appropriate response. And I think we've all tried to do that at some time or another. You know, you jump on Facebook and you start trying to educate people in something. And then you realize very quickly that those who are ranting on social media are not the people who are interested in receiving a factual education or... As it happened to me once, I fired an offhanded comment and I got schooled. I had schooled by an individual who had far greater knowledge in the area than I did. I made some offhanded ass comment and here he was simply laying me out and it was beautiful. I mean, I was put perfectly into my place by somebody who had far better knowledge on this subject than I did. So you got to be awfully careful about what you think is correct and what you think is incorrect. And that's not even starting to talk about the situation we have with the current pandemic. I mean, there are still people on the internet that are crawling out of their holes somewhere that think COVID-19 is not real, that it is somehow an invention of the government to control society. They're out there. I mean, there's not much you can do with people who believe things like that or out of left field. The point being is, is that COVID-19 is a pandemic. It fits the definition of a pandemic. Yes, it has a 99 point some percent uh, survival rate. And so people say, what's the big deal? The problem that we have is the scientific evidence won't come in for about five to seven years as to the longitudinal effect of COVID. We don't know whether those who are 80% asymptomatic and don't have any effect of COVID-19. We don't know at this time whether COVID-19 is doing significant damage to their internal organs or their brain processes. We won't know that for five to seven years until we do a lot of studies. So the idea of precautionary, we're going to take a couple of year break in your life right now, put some pretty hard restrictions on you in the event that maybe this does not cause any significant problem. Fine. I think as a society, we'd be far better off overreacting than underreacting. But the science is out there. And, and I have this debate with everything anyhow. And you, you guys know that, listen to me, I, I'm a scientist, right? I'm a social scientist. I'm an academic. I understand the scientific method. If science information is constantly changing, that means science is doing its job. If we recommendations are continually updated and continually modernized and continually changed, then that's science doing its job. That's not somebody totally all over the map. That's not somebody misunderstanding the world around them. That is somebody finding the latest scientific information based upon the evidence that they have at the time and putting out guidance. That's what governments do. That's what scientists do. The fact that somebody out there thinks they want a definitive final answer as to COVID-19 and everything about it is somebody who does not 
understand the scientific method and it does not understand how we investigate these things as a species. So unfortunately, that's not the answer that's going to come. The other difficult conversation with regard to COVID-19 that uh, that is really causing a lot of consternation is the fact that people don't like these restrictions, is the fact that people believe that somehow the government is impinging on their freedom and their liberties in uh, doing activities or telling them how many people can come in for U.S. Thanksgiving and various things like that. I mean, these are government guides. I'm a libertarian by heart. I, I do not like the government telling me what to do in any way, shape or form. Uh, on the other hand, though, I have a responsibility to make sure I don't hurt others. And if you are a libertarian, and if you are somebody who firmly and absolutely unquestionably believes in your own personal rights and your property rights to things you own and to do what you know, you also understand that the key tenet of libertarianism is the fact that you are not allowed to do harm to anybody else and that the government must make sure that other people don't do harm to you. So in other words, other people are not allowed to do activities that is going to increase the likelihood that you get infected. Now, libertarians and people on the right don't like to hear that, but that is the truth. Now, when we talk about left and right when it comes to COVID, everybody forgets that the political spectrum is not left and right. Uh, the political spectrum is like a crosshair. And for all you uh, gun owners out there, you'll get what I mean. You have the left on the left and you have the right on the right, but you have the author authoritarian at the top and the libertarian at the bottom. So what you end up being is a four-quadrant system, not a left-to-right system. So when you look at the political spectrum the way it is laid out, you also have to consider that the people on the left are people who want change, and the people on the right are people who don't want change. That is the whole idea of liberal versus conservative. And if you know your history, you know it goes back to 1700s to a French king who got sick and tired of trying to organize people who agreed with him or disagreed with him or who wanted change or didn't want change. And he put all the people on the left of him, on the left of his throne, that people that wanted to change. And he put all the people on the right of his throne that wanted things to stay the same. And that's how left and right started. Okay, it's really no more complicated than that. So the point being is... The government needs to put out guidance, and it's up to you to follow that guidance or not follow that guidance, but it is not permissible for you to do an activity that is going to increase the likelihood that I get COVID-19. Now, I'm probably just fine. I'm going to be 50 in a couple of weeks, and I have good health, etc. I probably won't get sick, but I have no idea. There have been deaths in lower age groups, but for the majority, the vast majority, the incredibly vast majority, the death rate has been in the elderly community. So we get to this, so the world's on fire, the world's burning. What can you do about it? I mean, you're sitting in your lawn chair, you got your favorite beverage there, you're watching the world go crazy, both on, in real time and on TikTok and on TV and whatever, how you're, what, what is your out? What is your blanket? Well, guess what? That's what this podcast is about. Your preparedness level, this is your controlled response to chaos. However you feel the influence of the external world on your ability to meet your goals and your freedom to do what you want 
is directly correlated to the level of preparedness you choose. Now, you know on our channel here, we advocate first and foremost, accepting the fact the most important question being, who is responsible for your outcomes? Now, if that answer is you, bang on, right on. If you want the government or somebody else to come rescue you, I wish you the best of luck. But if you actually want to be responsible for your own outcomes and you want to be the person in control of your future, then the next thing you need to do is pick out how long. Now, this time frame, it is dynamic. It is not static. It can change and it should change based upon the situation around you. But you decide how long you need to be insulated from society based upon the bumps and grinds and the chaos that you see. You then take that 21, 60, 90, 120 day level, and then you go through the critical infrastructure that looks around you. So essentially, the question is this. If I disconnected you and your family from the external world and you stayed in your residence how long do you want to be able to stay in that residence and just watch the place burn around you and be perfectly fine and happy that's your preparedness level that's what you work towards get away from the five year i want to be a year on my own that's a catastrophic shutdown of society that has such an incredibly low probability uh, that's going to start causing some significant mental health issues with you if that's how you're going to choose to live your life. But your preparedness level, that's your controlled response to this chaos, to looking at the world burn around. Listen, I, I, I think the 20th of January is going to be an amazing day because I, at this point I have no idea who's going to go up on that stage in the U.S., on the 20th or 21st, whatever day it is, to uh, take the oath of office to be the next president of the United States. I don't know what the country's response to all of that is going to be. Um, it, it's going to get crazy. And it's, and you know, just if Joe Biden wins in the end and he is the president, there's 71 million Americans who didn't vote for him. And they'll be perfectly fine. I mean, they'll argue they lived through eight years of Obama. Uh, from a Republican point of view, and they're still Americans. They're not going to leave the country. They're actually going to go back to work and be fairly angry. But I saw something interesting on TikTok this morning. Somebody had made up stickers and was putting them around. It said BLM, Biden loves minors. That kind of thing is very divisive. That kind of work and if it starts getting into the mainstream and we start attacking personal characteristics of a leader, you start getting into the point where you, you, you start questioning that individual's ability to lead. And when people do that, uh, my big concern is not the chaos in the U.S. My big concern is what does the rest of the world do? And I, and I don't mean our friends and allies. So I, they'll be fine. They'll, they'll have a little chuckle every now and then what goes on in the U.S. and the chaos burning. It provides some nightly entertainment on the news. I'm more concerned about adversaries. I'm concerned about what the Chinas of the world, uh, what the Irans of the world, what other groups are going to do, what the Hezbollah are going to do, what the Ethiopian government does in Tingray, uh, and various other things. What did the South Sudanese government do? How do these countries respond to a change in the U.S. presidency and the image? So if the U.S. people are not behind their president, whomever it is, and there's no cohesion in the country, and the president is viewed as weak and not in control, that is a perfect launch pad for the rest of the world to do whatever the heck they want because they don't believe that the American system will react in the way it would normally react. That's the fear that I have in the chaotic world.
But again, I'm going to return back to the stoic, the whole idea of watching it burn, the whole idea of sitting back, putting your feet up and just watching the chaos happen around you is because it goes back to what you can control. The biggest part, and I did an episode a couple of a couple of weeks ago on mental health and preparedness, and it's huge. A lot of people think that the end result of COVID-19 is going to be far more people dying of mental health than will ever die of COVID. And I know that sounds strange, but trust me, uh, this is likely a possible outcome. And the point is, is that you need to control your mental health. You need to be in control of your emotions and you need to be in control of your outcomes. There is a small little world that surrounds you that you have absolute control over. And that's the world you have to get right. That's the world you have to maintain control of. And when it comes to preparedness, obviously you're going to take the preparedness stuff and you're going to do the things that you need to do to prepare you and the ones that you love for dealing with the chaos that's around you. But if you don't have the mental health as an anchor to that, if you don't have positive control of what is going on around you in your immediate vicinity, then then all the food stockpiles and all the guns and ammunition in the world are not going to help you if your mind is coming apart at the seams. Somebody asked, how do we save the world? And, and a great philosopher, a modern philosopher, uh, said, just go home and love your family. It's really that simple. It's not any more complicated than that. If everybody won't, went home and loved their family and stopped all conflict within their family and made that residence, that home, a place to crash, a place of safety, a place of freedom, a place, a place of warm embrace for everybody who lived there. If we did that in every home in the world, we would simply end a good portion of our conflicts or at least be better suited and stronger mental health to deal with conflicts as they came up. So the end result is when the world's burning and some of it is sheer freaking entertainment, I mean, you know what? Some of this stuff just laugh. You, you have to understand and come at it from a point of view that you can control a certain amount you can't control the remaining amount. And if you allow that stuff, like who eventually wins the U.S. presidency, to cause you discomfort or to cause you problems and emotional, then you're setting yourself up for failure. You're allowing the external world that is beyond your control to influence your current emotional state. And as long as you're doing that, you are never going to be a healthy, balanced and productive member of society. So get a hold of yourself, get a grip, but at the same time, get yourself a glass. Uh, this thing is only going to get more and more chaotic and it's going to get more and more interesting to watch. So thank you very much for joining us this week on Inside My Canoe Head. We're going to continue this uh, series on a prepared life and start having a little bit of fun with some different topics. Thanks for taking the time to listen to us. And if you have any comments or questions, Drop us a line at jeff at preparednesslabs.ca. Stop by and see us at www.preparednesslabs.ca or follow me on Instagram and Twitter. Have yourself a great one.